Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Schmidt and Lavelle. My name is Tom Lavelle, and as always, I'm accompanied by Mr. Timothy Schmidt. A lot to cover on this show this week. A lot to cover. We're going to be talking about our weekends. We're going to be talking about what this show is about. The NBA Finals, a new coach for the Philadelphia 76ers, the Phillies Wall of Fame, and of course, getting your summer tan. But let's start it off, Tim, with with what this show is all about on our on our socials. And if you've been listening, you know we recently got we are available on all podcast platforms and YouTube. All yes. right, we're allowed to be we're, we, we're we're everywhere. You need to find us. We're there. And uh, on some of the platforms, they've asked us to to cut a reel to to do something to describe what our show is about, and so. I'm going to shoot off the hip. We're going to fire from the hip, and we're going to get this done. We might do a couple takes, Tim. I'm going to say this show is a couple of guys from the Philadelphia area talking about the sports and everyday life. You're going to laugh. You're going to you're going to learn something, hopefully, and you're going to get the uh, the details of what it is to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Yeah, you- Tom. I think I think it's it's right down that alley. I think it's a couple guys just ham and egging it. You know, we're just just trying to find our way here, you know, on the social media platform. And uh, I think that's what it's a lot. It's all about is, uh, you know, the, the sports world and how we're tackling, uh, you know, different issues in our own lives, right. Figuring out uh, how we're doing as dads. Yeah. You know, we bring some issues in into uh, parenting mm. you know, issues, uh, you know, some advice, maybe. I yeah. don't know if people will be taking advice from us, but Hey, We'll, we'll put it out there into yeah. the world. We'll give it out there. Little kernels of advice. So, Tim, take two. I'm going to say this this <laughs> show this show is about two guys from the city of brotherly love that love each other and are spreading a lot of love to nah. a lot of people. And it's just all about love and love and more love and two guys loving each other. Yeah, let's go take three. Let's take three. Let's take go take three. <laughs> this is a show. Um, no, this is a show about <laughs> about two. <laughs> this is a show about two local Philly guys. Yeah, like I said, just hamming and egging it. You know, finding our way through the world of Philadelphia, which revolves around sports in Philadelphia. Right? It revolves around you know being a dad. You know, we bring some some different issues into play you know everyday uh life you know Uh, take four yeah take four (laughs) this is a show about two guys who live real lives pick to live together in one house and see what happens start people stop being polite and start getting real (laughs) oh yeah oh right that's what this show is about isn't it and yeah, what's this no, show about? This is the show is about, you know, maybe a couple guys, you know, one guy's a bartender, the other guy is a patron on the other side of the bar. And yeah, you know, I come into the bar every so often, just throw out issues to the bartender and and maybe he has some life advice for me, you know? Maybe that's like like uh yeah, we're a place where yeah, everyone knows your name. Yeah. Sometimes you wanna go. Where everybody knows it. Take six. This is a show about two guys talking about Philadelphia 
their love of the Philadelphia sports teams, being dads, mm-hmm. and everyday life. Hopefully we have some insights that are funny, uh, topical, and you can relate to and enjoy. And gosh, if you learn something, that'll be great. Tim, is that what you think it's about, maybe? Yeah, I think it's it's more of like an underdog story about a, a local prize fighter, you know, that that's just you know, kind of yucking it up in the in the fight scene and you know, has an opportunity to to take on the number one contender with the belt and hopefully eventually you know, win a, a huge heavyweight championship title. Maybe you know? not the first fight, but possibly the second fight. Right. This yeah. is a show about four brothers who are abandoned. They weren't really brothers, but they lived in a home together, and they considered themselves brothers from from all different races. Right, all and walks of life. All walks of life, and then someone was coming to take over that house, an evil mobster, and they all had to work together to fight them off. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it could be about that. This is a show about an asteroid coming to destroy planet Earth, and two oil. <laughs> <laughs> two, two hole diggers, <laughs> two guys that that dig for for oil. What? We're the only ones that can save the planet. And NASA oh. teaches them how to fly up to that asteroid. Yeah, and, I don't dig that hole. I don't think it's about any of those things at all. Well, yeah, we we're everywhere on this, aren't we, Tim? Yeah, I think we need to kind of hone it in and really figure out what this show is about. Because honestly, it's a show about nothing. <laughs> oh well, oh, boy. I think uh, what we just did probably will sum up what the show is actually about. You know, right. just a couple guys, you know, goofing around talking about Philadelphia sports and enjoying themselves. You know what it is? It's a it's about two guys wasting wasting about an hour and a half every Tuesday night, and just kind of. Just throwing stuff against the wall and see what see what sticks, Tom. You know, yeah. We come it. up, we come up with some material, we throw it out there. You know, people might like it, people might not, but for the most part, it revolves around Philadelphia sports and and most things that that involve our lives. I would say that's that's pretty much it, Tom. I think that sums it up perfectly, Tim. And we want to say we appreciate all the listeners out there. You know what the show is about. And mm-hmm. we appreciate you you listening. And if you're liking what we're doing, make sure that you like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever it is you got to do. Click the buttons. Tell people about us. Help us out. Get it out there. Available on all podcast platforms and YouTube. Tim, speaking of everyday life, when I signed on here and you saw me, you said, you look like you've been through hell. I just went through hell. Is there anything worse than trying to get your kids to go to sleep? It's... uh. It's a tough job, Tom. It is a tough job, especially when you have a set time in your head of when those children are supposed to go to bed. I have two daughters and I always had a set time. It was usually like right around nine o'clock and and you forget about all the little things that you have to do before you go to bed. Right. And it ends up winding winding up being like, I don't know, nine thirty ish. Yeah, and then and then the task of actually getting your kids down. And to bed, it just drags itself out, man. It's yeah. it's it's pretty brutal. How uh how many how far apart are your daughters year wise? Uh, um, they're about eighteen months apart. Eighteen months apart. So, eighteen months apart. It's kind of 
I'm in a different circumstance right now. I have a five and a half year old and an eight month old. Mm-hmm. So the eight month old, once you coax the eight month old to bed, then it's like trying to the the five month old has all the tricks. Oh, I have to go potty. Oh, I'm I'm thirsty. Oh, uh, you know this or that, whatever it is. But when you're trying to get the eight month old to bed, and the five year old keeps coming in the room and waking up the eight month old, it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and you and and you yell like silently. You're like, get <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's brutal. See, the thing that I used to have to deal with was they both would sleep in the same bed and they would ask me to lay with them. So like I'm as big as I am laying in a <laughs> queen size bed. And you know, usually they would want me to sleep in between them. And then like when they would finally fall asleep, the effort of getting out of the bed was like mission impossible. <laughs> like it needed to be like suspended from the ceiling and like the sweat have, coming down, yeah, and catch it. I would have to like move my arms, so my because they I would like have them wrap like that. It was just like a whole thing. It was just it was brutal. But finally, like when you would get out of bed, like my back would be on the ground. It was just it was like playing Twister, dude. Honestly, getting out of bed and getting out without them waking up was such a challenge. It it's like the quiet game. You know, right. for adult for adults, yeah. just like, and then the floor starts creaking. You're like, shit, please, please don't wake up. I like, I just spent 45 minutes, and then there's other times where you just totally lose the battle, and you fall asleep, and you wake up at like 3:30 in the morning. And you're like, what the fuck? That's me every day. That's me every day. I lay in bed. I'm like, all right, come on, dude, let's go to sleep. And next thing you know, I'm out, and it's like I wake up. It's two in the morning. I'm like, oh shit, here we yeah. go, yeah. here we go. What happened on Raw? <laughs> yeah, you shut the yeah they shut the door. the The worst is that when you shut the door, you finally think you're out, and like you get two steps in the hallway, and it's Daddy, and you're yeah. like, motherfucker, <laughs> god damn it! There is that's one of the best things is as a as a parent when your kids go to sleep and you get that hour of like, <sighs> you know. Settle. Settle down. You, yeah. you go downstairs. You have a you crack open a beer. The, You're just like like toast yourself. Like dude, yeah. job well done. Survived another day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Tim, it was just Memorial Day weekend and a, and a big weekend for for the country and a big weekend for us. And uh, we had a lot of things going on. You uh, went down the shore, right? I did. And I uh, mm-hmm. recently got into a a new pool club. And by pool, I mean a swimming pool, not a uh, not a billiards game. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm very excited about the pool club, Tim. I've I've run into a couple things along the way as far as summer goes, and getting older and out of shape and stuff like that. But first things first, are you a uh, are you a shore guy? Have you always been a shore guy? Not not necessarily. Haven't really been a shore guy my entire life. We kind of as a family. Yeah, we would take shore trips every so often, but my grandmom is more responsible for the for the shore trip. She would just take us kids and hop in the car, and she had a shore house down there with her uh, sister, I believe. Um, and they just kind of would yin and yang a little bit, you know, every week, every other weekend, and then we'd stay with our cousins and stuff like that. But it was always like a spur of the moment; like it was never really planned. My grandma would like pick us up and. Would yeah, you go would down sit. for the day or would you go down like and stay? No, we would over? go down. We would go down for the weekend, you know. Summer oh, wow. 
that during the week sometimes we go down for a couple of days. But um, what's Shore Point again? So we were always Wildwood, right? Okay. Like we always did the rides and all that stuff. And yeah, as you get older, like the thing is with Philly, everyone knows this. Like in in Philadelphia. It's either you go down the shore or you go to the mountains, right? Like those right. are the those are the two options. And usually people from Philadelphia always vacation down the shore. Um, if you don't go down the shore, you spend you know, winters up the mountains and go skiing and stuff like that. So it's one or the other. Um, I love I love them both, but um, yeah, when you when you grow up and you like you're in high school, the 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 ultimate goal is to have a shore house like for the summer as a, as a high school senior or yeah, when you're a freshman or through college, right. You have a shore house with all your buddies and stuff like that. And like, right. it leads to yeah shenanigans, like getting arrested for underage drinking and all this other bullshit. It's like your first real experience on your own. And like these shore houses, there's stories upon stories of like, you know, high school kids just ruining shore houses like that. I don't think it actually happens now, but because uh, they like the shore is just way too nice now. I don't think they rent to high school seniors anymore. Maybe yeah. I'm, maybe I'm a little naive to that. But senior um, week was a thing. I remember that we would go down for senior week, and that was like the best. You know, I loved senior week. But then mm-hmm. it's like you pull in, and then you're like, oh, so and so just got busted for this already, and it's like, wow, we've been here half a day. You know, yeah. they're already like busted. Yeah. You know. Yeah, your deposits gone. Everyone that threw up like certain amount. Like I, like as I got older, it's it's so weird. You start moving down the shore points, right? So like, like you start or you start moving up the shore points. I'm sorry. So you start out like North Wildwood as like as high school seniors, and then yeah, as you get a little bit older, you start moving into like Avalon and Sea Isle, right? And then like as you get to as you get older and have kids, you end up in Ocean City, and then like. Yeah, as they get older, they get they graduate from the the rides in Ocean City, and you start moving back down the coast, down to the bigger rides in like Wildwood again. It's like you go up and down the coast as you get older, and and as you get as you mature, it's pretty interesting. Tim, what is the proper shore attire? Now I'm getting older, and this is something that I brought up with the pool club that I'm now going to. Okay, I'm older. I have an eight month old. No excuses, but I'm a little bit more out of shape than I'd like to be. Of course, I think everyone is a little more out of shape than they'd like to be. I'm pale. I'm pasty. I've got hair growing places that, you know, I don't feel like should really, it's it's not a great look. And the thing is, I feel like if I got some sun and like got tan, it wouldn't be as bad. Okay. If you're tan, it's like, okay, well, you're okay. I, I'm trying to get past that initial you know, fluorescent light when I take off the shirt, you know, with hair, <laughs> hair patches here and there. And I'm wondering, is it, is it a violation or is it, is it just is all my dignity gone? If I were to buy a shirt for the pool, they have these like UV shirts that you can wear. So you, one, you don't have to put on sunscreen, right? They're a light, like a dry fit shirt. And I, and I wear that. Is this, am, am I, am I a complete piece of shit? I mean, you're st- you're starting to show your age, dude. Uh, that's you're you're in like total dad bod mode right now, right? 100%. Like, yeah. You just gotta you just gotta own it, in my own opinion. It. Like, look, dude. I at one point I was I was in great shape. Like right. I used to be in really good shape. I had no problem taking my shirt off. You know what? At this point, I don't even give a shit anymore. 
Um, Who am I yeah, trying I got, to impress, anyways? You I know? mean, you're you're married. You got the yeah, kids, so right? Ever. Like, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, they look over at you and they're like, "Look, this dude's." They're know, not even looking over at me. I just said I'm worried yeah. about it. He's yeah. half dead. You're just yeah. in a way, basically no. dead. They're <laughs> like they're planning my viewing. <laughs> yeah, you're just a guy in the background of some like video that they're recording. Yeah, if you look, that's all close up on because of it. Look at this creep well, looking no, over. Usually, there's going to be another guy in that same shot that looks worse than you, which would be like me, right? Oh. So, like, if we were in the same shot, we didn't know each other. No, I look worse than you, Tim. Oh, come on! I mean, yeah. look at this. I got gray hair. Look at this, dude! Oh my god, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm you're just beautiful. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> total mess dude should we just uh, not ugh, i don't want to do it look at me i'm disgusting <laughs> disgusting i'm a piece of sh- i know uh, you you cl- you cover your eyes but uh, you know it's funny because I'm hideous. yeah i'm hideous you know but like i should just own it it is funny but then you you bring up a good point tim maybe what we need to do is find guys much uglier than us and hang out with them and uh, so then it's like people see that it's like from from hall pass you know what i mean oh, when yeah, you, yeah, no, you surround yourselves with twos and you look like a like an eight you know so that's what yeah, i need yeah. to do i'm befriending the ugliest guy at the pool well not well yeah i was gonna say not you don't even have if to it's be not me unfortunately if, if be, it's hopefully not me dude you just gotta do scaling you just scout the pool see whoever's fatter than you hairier than you maybe has less hair i mean i yeah, not on, many on of them of anymore your, on top of your head but not many and then you set you set up like your your chairs and everything right by them yeah and you're set they don't even you don't even have to be friendly like yeah. an occasional wave hey how you doing buddy i'm just setting up over here do the same <laughs> thing at the beach dude dude like i'm not a beach guy i hate the beach i love the idea of the beach but yeah. i hate i hate the sand dude the sand drives me nuts and it like it's you just don't creates, like the sand it creates all sorts of problems like you know like rashes and like just like stupid it gets in like right. all your beer and like yeah you, know, you bring a, a cooler it gets in the ice it's it's just everywhere and it's just you can't get rid of it um so i hate i hate the beach but i'm saying if you go down to the beach right look, you just scout out the beach and and look for somebody that just looks worse than you okay find you, the ugliest person there and park right next to him park take right that, next to him take that shirt off yeah. right and Throw they're some... probably looking at us like, man, I wish I looked like that. Probably. <laughs> Throw some sunblock on. You're set, dude. Now, I sunblock before we get down there. And I'm like, you know, my wife has to get spray my back, which is ice cold. I'm like, can you spray your hands first and then rub it on my back? But dude, I, like, I have to, dude, I have so much hair on my back and chest. Like, I need like a full grip to like get in there. <laughs> So I get covered, dude. Yeah. If I, I'm not penetrating the skin. No, that's how much hair I got. I gotta yeah. get all the way. I gotta get deep. I got like a deep, like sun lotion, sunblock, like massage to get it in there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. We uh, I thought about getting it waxed the back. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Hey, waxed in the shoulders. You know, I just I just do a, a solid one clip on the, <laughs> on the yeah back, right. Dude. Thinking about one clip in it too. It's, it's I always pretty, do the one clip, but I feel like a wax will be better. I don't know. Yeah, sometimes More expensive. Sometimes, sometimes you go zero clip, but you need somebody. Well, I would do uh, zero. That's what I would do. You need somebody that's going to commit to you to shave in the back. 
Right. Because there's not many people that are going to do that. Tom. Well, I got two weeks that I got to worry about. You know what I mean? Where it's got to be trimmed up and looking somewhat proper, you know? Tom, Tom, I got an idea. Oh, boy. Should we shave each other's beds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I scratched all about the content. You know, let's make it. You know, let's give the people what they want. If you want me and Tim to shave each other's backs, like this video. <laughs> how many likes? How many likes till we till we trim up each other's backs for for each other? Uh, I don't. I think we're we're gonna get negative likes on that. I think. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, God. No one's no one's gonna want to see that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like we'll we'll help each other out. You know, maybe we'll yeah. go in the, in the back. Well, we were break. at the we we were talking about today, and you know, in our production meeting, and there's a guy there. He's talking about his and. He doesn't. He has no clue what it's like. First of all, full head of hair, thick hair, right? Skinny motherfucker too. Yeah. And yep. tan, the mm -hmm. full trifecta. We're like, dude, you're tan. He's like, no, no. Look at my. Thing. First of all, he pulls up his shirt, and he's skinny as hell. You can see all the abs or whatever it is that you want. Second yeah. of all, no hair there. Tons on his head. No hair on his chest. Third, yeah. his pale, like he, he was showing that he had a farmer's tan. His pale was more tan. Than I am ever, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. your pale is your pale is tanner than I'll ever be, dude. My freckles. This shit. is how this is my tan. Like my freckles connect on my arm, right. and that's like that's what people say. Oh, you're so tan. I'm like, no, that's just my freckles connecting freckles when the growing. sun comes out. Yeah, dude, I I burn when I open up the refrigerator, dude. The light hits, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh god, third degree. Yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> awful. That's the worst part about it. So, so is the shirt a violation? I got to look up shirts. Is there good shirts? Listen, I, I don't know where, where you're shopping for these. Look, I, I know the kids got them. The I kids mean, got them. Usually, you don't need a UV shirt, dude. Just throw it. Like, wear that shirt in the ocean. Don't be. Just be a guy. Just be a normal dude. Well, no, I'm, just... I'm, I'm at the pool. I'm at the pool all day. And now this is a this is a new club where everyone I need them, they're gonna start respecting me here. I'm gonna say, wow, there goes Tom, one of the greatest members of this pool's ever had. <laughs> I think if only I, he wasn't so pale and disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I think you lose the respect when you start wearing a UV shirt on at 40, 40 years old. The and like is gone. I mean, you're a skinny guy. You're decent, you're in decent shape. Come on, get out there. No. Show the pecs off. Huh? I will. I'll be out there. We'll be out there. Tim, I will say I think I am a shore person. I love the beach and I love drinking the the you know, having some drinks. You're out there all day, you're listening to music, you're hanging out, and it's to me that's the best ever. I could sit right. on the beach all day. Of course oh. I have a big tent that I put up and I'm in the shade. But <laughs> Yeah, listen, I um also new just some breaking news. Uh -oh. Just just found this out when I was down in, in Wildwood this past weekend. The police are putting a major emphasis on no alcoholic beverages on the beach. They're gonna at be all? they're gonna they're gonna be inspecting coolers from what we're told. Uh and look, they I think they do this every year, but like this is more like like there's signs posted down there. It's everywhere. People there are wasn't talking about signs it. before. I mean, there's signs like, but like, this is like, yeah, they're reiterating and they're re-emphasizing it. Like, hey, listen, no drinking on the beach. And if you're caught, it's a $175 fine. There's probably a lot That's of problems down at Wildwood with people 
like i mean am i doing a bad stigma when i when i say wildwood i feel like is a little more wild than a sea isle or a ocean city i would say um i would say that it's yeah a little younger i would say yeah yeah of course but i mean I there's mean, certain areas of sea isle as you're getting closer to like the bar scene where the beaches are more packed and it is a little more younger you know, the further you get away, you get into like the 70s and stuff like that, the 60s, you know, the streets down there, the 60th Street, whatever. But, you know, if you're around 32nd Street, it gets pretty, uh, you know, pretty well, busy. Listen, Wildwood always had the young attraction with the, the rides and the boardwalk and all that. So, right. It's always it's always going to be more geared towards, you know, that demographic. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know it it seemed this past weekend it was it was pretty calm but i mean hey what you know each year brings the different crowd well like you said they're trying to get it out there memorial day weekend would be the weekend to start spreading the word hey this year we're cracking down by fourth of july we're going to be inspecting your coolers you know or whatever the hell it is Look, are I they allowed to do that I don't know, but I, I just used to be able to get down there and used to be able to open, like you put it, put it in a little uh, red solo cup or whatever. But I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like this summer. If they start doing that, there's going to be a lot of fines written on Wildwood Beach. I they could make that. a lot of money doing that. They could, I but say. I mean, I don't know how many people you're going to get to in a day if people are fighting that all, all day, you know? Yeah, right. What a terrible job busting yeah, but... people for booze on the beach. Yeah. All right, Tim. So this weekend, I, I got a chance to go golfing, and I went to a uh, club. I ended up shooting a 92, which respectable. I'm happy with a 92. Obviously, I'd like to be in the 80s. Some people would kill for 92. You know what I mean? Why am I complaining what, about 92? Would you shoot that on the first nine holes? <laughs> <laughs> Tim, there was a situation that happened <laughs> where... Yeah, we'll just shoot on the back. Um, <laughs> Terrible a situation here, um, where I had teed off and the ball was slicing and there was a group in the general vicinity. I would say I was about 20 yards away from hitting anyone in that group. And someone in my group started screaming, four, four. And I'm like, it ain't going to hit them. You know, like it's not even it's not even going to roll to them. After it hits them, you know, what's the etiquette on yelling for? Do you yell for for someone else ever? Is that is that a thing? And yeah, <clears throat> if you yell for if you if it's needed, you must yell for have to. But if someone if you're playing with someone that plays that knows they should yell for, can you be can you be yelling for too early? A premature four? Is there a premature four? No, so the four is meant to just give a, a golfer or any golfer on the course a heads up that there could be a ball coming their way. Right. So it's for their own protection. It's more of a, you know, it's just, hey, listen, you're setting off an alarm that there could be a ball in your vicinity. Now, there could be a tree there. It could ricochet off a tree and, and go in a certain direction. Like, you, Tom, you've played golf before. I, I mean, I know it hasn't been often. No, but, it hasn't. But, <laughs> But but when you hit a tee shot and it could go awry, it could ricochet somewhere and end up in a fairway that you didn't expect it to be in. Um, so yeah, I think the four has to be something that you screen. And 
if someone else is in your group and you don't, because look, you don't see where your tee shot goes all the time. Like you might hit it and get lost in the clouds. That's why other people sit on the tee box with you and they pay attention to where your ball is going. So if you're one of these people that doesn't get out of the cart and just, you know, sits in the cart and plays with his phone while the other three people are teeing off, I mean, I got a problem with you too because you should be out there, you know, paying attention as well. Yeah, we're all in this together trying to find a ball, right? right. Like, hey, we're in this group together. If someone hits and you see the ball going over, oh, I saw it land and every and you and you got some eagle eyes out there, you know. And it helps when you have players that have played the course and they're like, oh no, it's going down. Like you're going to be at this spot, you know. Now, Tim, there's a flow to what's up. What's so fun? No, 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 no. You're talking about these guys with the with the eagle eye. I play with a guy. His name's I guess I'll drop his name's name's Tim DC. Okay. And this dude. He can spot a ball anywhere, but he also is like <laughs> he just is like some sort of like arborist. Like he knows every tree on the golf course. He'd be like, Oh yeah, it's right down there by that Japanese maple. You're like, how do you even know that's a Japanese maple? He's like, Oh, it's two two trees up from that Douglas Fair. Like, that's all he does is he identifying trees on the Course. he's dropping it's, tree knowledge left and right like what a yeah. what a strange like show you know yeah oh yeah. this is my chance to to drop you know oh uh, yeah it's between those two oaks over there you yeah know? right it's right like, by the rose bushes or like yeah. obviously they're easy to tell but like it's ridiculous every time we yeah. play it's just it's like a new flower or a new tree a this bush. Yeah. i think he's like reading a book before we go play like oh what what did this do? What the, what did the greenskeeper do? Like, why did he plant that oak tree on fourteen? <laughs> he has stories about the trees. This tree is yeah. actually hundred and thirty years old. Did you know that? Right. And it was planted yeah. when this club was first founded on the right. on the third hole in honor of an old member that used to play here. Right, Tim. Now, um, I played at a uh, place called Sandy Run, and they have a lot of uh, dogwood trees there. And you know how you can tell if it's a dogwood tree by its bark. <laughs> all right tim so when you're out there and you're playing we discussed about this too some more golf etiquette you're getting to a flow i'm a i'm a flow kind of golfer myself um mm -hmm. and i get into a rhythm and particularly i like i like to play ready golf you know i don't really play the rules if it's if it's for money i could see maybe a bit of a difference but if someone unless they birdie a hole i don't give anyone the tee box i don't really like they can have it. I'm not like racing to it, but if I'm ready to go and they're not ready, I'm just going to, I'm going to put my T in and I'm going to hit like, let's go. We're moving. Right. And it's a major violation. I think to disrupt that somewhat rhythm for, for no, no apparent reason. You, you were dealing with this the other day. You were telling me. Yeah. 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 No, it's just, I, I'm the same way Tom. I'm a, I'm a rhythm golfer. Um, some people say I play too fast because I'm usually the first to tee off. So I get up on the, on the tee box and I rip. So, I mean, it's partly my fault. Um, but, like, I am also easily distracted. I need, like, like extreme focus. And if just a little sound will, like, throw me off. So people are like, well, you, dude, you play music every time you, you golf. And it's like, dude, I, I know I play music. I expect that music to be there when I'm playing. Like it's something I'm used to. If someone's like having a conversation in my backswing, like all of a sudden that throws me off. If yeah. a, a car drives by and B 
beeps, like as we all know, happens from time to time. If you're playing like by a road near a course, people all the beep when you're teeing off. That gets me. Like if a bird or they'll yell chirp- four, they'll scream out four. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If a bird chirps when I'm like trying to hit my tee shot, it gets you like right in my downswing. Like just those, th- it's just, it's not, I don't know if it's lack of focus. It's just like, I'm just, I think I'm so hyper focused that those things distract me a little bit. I would say hyper focused because then you start focusing on that. You know what I mean? So you're yeah. like, you're focused, but then you start focusing, like you start thinking like, instead of thinking about your swing, you're like, well, why do these guys just start a conversation right when I'm about to swing? You know, right. like, shut the yeah. fuck up. I'm yeah. about to swing. Like either have the full combo as like we're playing or whatever. And they're talking about bullshit while you're teeing off. Like, I don't care, but don't balk somebody. Yeah. and But like those guys, like, yeah, look, they sometimes think that they're talking so low that, that you can't hear them. And I know I can hear every guy where you say it, dude. <laughs> like I look over, I'm like, you guys done yet or what? What are yeah. we doing here? Yeah. Let's, let's keep it moving. And then yeah. like, dude, I have a, I have another buddy who's a, he's a storyteller. So he oh, gets God. up, he gets up to the tee box. Right. And he's usually the last to tee off. And he'll just sit there and he'll like start talking and start telling a story. It takes like 45 seconds for him to tell a story. And then he finishes up and then he starts to tee up the ball. And like people are behind us, like, what? what are you oh, guys- so it's his turn to tee up Let's and he go. starts telling the story. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, just shut up and hit. Tell the story. Just, we're, we yeah. were just in the cart for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, why didn't you tell us then? Let's go, dude. Keep it moving. <laughs> it's funny. Now, I will say this. One time I was golfing with my buddy. Now, I used to shoot fairly well. I'd be, you know, mid to, to low 80s consistently. Every once in a while, I'm throwing a 70 in there, right? And my one buddy was shooting around 100. And we were playing and this and that, and we're playing. And he accused me of being a slow golfer, right? And I was like, okay like i'm a slow golfer i was like dude you're taking 20 more shots than i take like what do you mean i'm a slow golfer you know you're up there taking your time trying to line everything up and you slice it right next thing you know we're looking for your ball for five minutes until finally it's like hey bud we're not gonna find it like drop yeah it's it's time time to move on how much time how much time what's the allotted time to look for a ball um i believe they changed it to three minutes Mm. but i, I mean, would say it depends on the round how it's going i know like legally whatever you're saying it might be three minutes but when you're out there playing with your boys you got a couple minutes if you got a great round going and it's like a ball that should be found okay let's find it you know what i mean otherwise yeah for the most part dude like I, look we all know this when you hit a ball when you hit a tee shot i mean there's a 85 percent chance that thing is gone right you right. know that it's gone so you take a quick look in the area that like you probably hit it in. If it's not there within the first you know, 30 seconds, then you move on. If you feel like you have a pretty good idea exactly where it landed and there's some space around there, I think you can take an extra minute and then look around. Um, yeah. We're all guilty of, of holding out hope. Yeah. That you yeah, can find the right. ball, but Hey, that's what, that's what golf is. You know, yeah, we don't they, the, the biggest part about about golf and I can talk about this all day and I won't Tom but no I I love it because I feel like we're going to be moving more towards golf as we go on this summer 
and we run out of some more sports to talk. Basketball's ending soon. We're big Phillies fans, but we're also big golf fans, and right. that's one of my favorite sports. And I don't know if it's because as you get older, you realize that golf is like one of the best games out there. And uh, whatever, but go ahead, keep, keep no, talking I'm about just, golf. I my, love it. my point: we're we're talking about lost balls. Like we don't have, you know, a thousand people watching us play, right? So there's there's not everyone looking for your ball. There's just four people, right? And well, maybe know, maybe four depends yeah. if the one guy's even paying <laughs> yeah, right. attention, yeah. you know. And there's 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 not really that that great opportunity that you're going to find the ball, but like when you hit it in, in a specific area, you think it's going to be there. It should be there. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people like to accuse, oh, that guy picked up my ball, or you know that 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 yes. happens a lot. Like you get that, like, nah, dude, you didn't really hit it that great. Yeah, you, you, you probably lost it. <laughs> there is that thing though when you hit a ball and you know where it is, and then you see a group like hit in there, and then you got some guys over there looking in that same yeah. area and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, they're going to hit my ball. I know it's, have you ever had your ball hit by another? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah, and 100%. it's like, they fucking totally hit my ball, dude. I know they hit my ball, whatever. Tim, it's just now another reason why I, I looked up why they yell four, And the reason they yell four is that's a shortened term from four caddy. When they had the four caddies out there mm-hmm. that would look for the ball, where it's supposed to land and give you the best idea of where to go towards the hole. It was the four caddy that was doing that, and that mm. over time has been shortened to four. So when they would hit it over there and the four caddy was out there, they would yell four because it was a warning. Four caddy, it's coming sure. over because he would stand in the areas that the ball would land for the most part. Second thing, we were curious why the the people that hit a hole in one had to buy the rounds at the golf club afterwards we thought well shouldn't it be if you get a hole in one people are buying you drinks this is something that you you did it's an accomplishment like wow congratulations when michael block hit his hole in one at the pga championship and he had to buy the rounds infamously mm-hmm. so we looked that up also and for the listeners out there the reason you have to do that is because back in the day we didn't have cameras on everyone. We didn't have people. Had, people would come in and claim that they hit a hole in one. Oh, I hit another hole in one. You know, what'd you shoot today? Oh, I shot an 18. 18 holes in one. Wow, club record, incredible. Well, you got to buy the rounds. Oh, well, if you hit a hole in one, you have to buy rounds for everyone in the club, which would deter people from lying about hitting a hole in one. Tom, when there's there's no rules in place, all is chaos. Yeah. So the honor good... system is great for people with no honor. Yep, absolutely. Um <laughs> No, that's a, that's actually that's something I didn't know. I should know because I have double digit hole in ones in my career. So I should know. You have that. two you have more than one hole in one? No, I have none. Ah, fake valor, you <laughs> son of a bitch. A fake valor hole in one. Could you imagine? <laughs> now I have done this at Walnut Lane. There's the hole, it's uh Iwo Jima, whatever we call it. It's that one up stuff. I've waited there for someone to hit, and they hit close, and I crawled on the tee and put it in the <laughs> hole. And then me and our my buddies were on the tee box and watched the, you know, react. Probably gave it away by us standing there watching them. Like, ah, oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You Drinks on you, Jeeva. buddy. Yeah. yeah so the Memorial nice. Golf Tournament is calling up, is coming up this weekend. One of my favorite non-major tournaments Um this tournament is a regular stop on the PGA Tour. One of the nicest courses out there. Jack Nicholas, I believe, is the uh, the designer of this course. 
And the most wins at this course is five by Mr. Tiger Woods. And uh, one of his memorable shots, I don't know if you remember, Jack Nicholas at the time said it was the greatest golf shot he'd ever seen. Tiger was uphill at, in the rough near the green, and he, he full swing swipes, pops it up, just lands on the green and rolls all the way down slowly and drops in the hole. At the time, he was in contention to win it. He ended up winning that tournament, five-time winner. If you're a golf fan, Got to check out the Memorial Golf Tournament. Tim, is that one of your favorites out there? Yeah, I mean, look, everyone loves the four majors. Um, I love the the Bay Hill Invitational, the Arnold Palmer. Um, Great is, course. I was, yeah. I loved that course watching it. I was like, this is a beautiful course. And I played it. I played it uh, three times, I think. So, Bay Hill. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh wow. And uh, I love that. That tournament, that's a great tournament. I also love the one at Torrey Pines. Um, I think I forget what that's called. I think it might be the Genesis, maybe. Um, but it's in the beginning of the year. No, it's um shit. What is that? Is that this? I forget what that one is. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's in the it's in the very beginning of the year. Um, I just love watching courses that I've played before. Not that like that's pretty cool. You do yeah. know the course, and especially if you played it three times, we talked today about the more you play a course and you get familiar, you, you learn how to play a course. There's a certain style or a certain uh, strategy into attacking different holes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like when you watch a course that you've played before, and uh, let's say it's you know, Brooks Kapka or, or Rory McIlroy, right? You remember what you did on a specific hole, and yeah, maybe hits his tee shot like on a par three, and you're like, "Oh, I know this putt. This is right to left." It's like kind of, it's kind of cool. Like you're almost there, right? You've you've been in this dude's shoes before. You know how the putt rolls. Um, so like, I like watching tournaments that of courses that I've played before. Um, obviously, never played Augusta. It's a tough course to get on yeah. if you haven't heard. I mean, yeah. if there was a course to play, it would be Augusta. You have played at the Mini Masters, though. I did. Probably the most prestigious Mini one of, tournament. One of them, yeah. A couple of my buddies are heading out to uh, St. Andrews next week, which is which is kind of cool, uh, where the U Open has played. Um, yeah. Carnoustie, they're playing Carnoustie as well, so they'll be over in Scotland, which is, which is uh, something on the bucket list. Bucket list stuff for sure. That and shaving each other's backs. I think we could do it. Yeah. We should shave each other's backs at St. Andrews. (laughs) They would love that. (laughs) Right on the first day. (laughs) Tim, now, an interesting thing about the the course that you you have played for – oh, wait, no, you played – you played which course? Not Jack Nicholas's course. You played – Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer's. So Murfield Village, built by Jack Nicholas in 1974, has an interesting, unique thing is that the clubhouse was made in Franklin County. It's in two different counties, the clubhouse and the golf course. Do you know why? I'm assuming that um, they ran out of space. I know that they don't allow clubhouse space in the one county, right? They they. <laughs> It's a good guess, Tim. Yeah. The one county, which uh, the clubhouse was made in Franklin County, Mm -hmm. and uh, the fact that it was made in Franklin County at that point is because 
They allow alcohol sales. The course is on a dry county where there is no alcohol sales. So you can buy drinks in the clubhouse in one county and play the golf course in the other county. It's right on that line. Pretty interesting. It'd almost be like having a course in Ocean City, New Jersey, in a clubhouse, whatever's next to Ocean City, New Jersey. So you would have to buy beer from the clubhouse and then sneak it on the course. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what you have to do. There's no car, girl. Right, like, yeah, <laughs> Rangers stop you. Where'd you get this beer? Just bought it at your clubhouse. <laughs> nope, not allowed. Gonna have to confiscate that. <laughs> Dude, I did think about this one time. The only place in the world where you are allowed to drink and drive is on a golf course. And I'm not trying to be, you know, a narc or whatever, but you're on the course, you're driving a golf course, you're driving a vehicle. And they sell you alcohol. In fact, they have someone driving around to sell you alcohol in this cart that you are driving. I think it would be the funniest thing ever to set up like a fake police officer and pull <laughs> people over. On the, excuse me. Uh, I noticed you were you were swerving out. There. Do you have any uh, you have any alcohol open container? Oh wow, an open container sitting right there. In the, the like, how funny would that be? And people would just be like, uh, can write him a ticket. Dude, you know, that would arrest that would be we get our own little golf cart with yeah. like uh like a siren on it yeah like a megaphone yeah sorry please pull over yeah pull over pull over. excuse me <laughs> most times when i pull people over they stay, yeah they stay on the crosswalk you're in a sand trap <laughs> yeah well 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 the well the driver who just hit his his ball into the woods please pull over open container huh you've been drinking today You've been drinking it all? Uh, yeah, officer. I, uh, I bought a couple beers at the club. At- oh. Oh. Do you not know drinking and driving is illegal? Are you not aware that drinking and driving is illegal here, sir, in the state of Pennsylvania? All right, Tim. <clears throat> let's move on. Big news. Biggest news of the week thus far is the 76ers hiring a new head coach, Mr. Nicholas Nurse. Is it Nicholas? Nick Nurse. Tim, he's coming from the Raptors. He's a NBA champion. Mm-hmm. He's a coach of the year. I'm excited about this hire. I know he wasn't your first choice, but he was right up there in, in, in the choices that were out there, I believe. I want to say he was your second. If it wasn't one, it was I think at first you wanted Monty, right? And then yeah, it was Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. Monty Williams. And then you I think were like Monty, Nick Nurse, and then uh Maybe the coach from Mill. I forget. But so, Nick Nurse, I'm excited about this. And the reason I'm excited about this is the more I've looked into Nick Nurse, it seems like he's won wherever he has coached. He's won at different levels of basketball. And he's also seems to me to get the best out of the players that he has. What do you, what do you think about the hire? And are you, are you now back in on the Sixers? <laughs> Tom, this has got Stanley Cup written all over it. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know, man. I really don't. Um, look, there's so many moving pieces that still have to fall into place with the roster. Uh, and I'm not going to get crazy. Obviously, the biggest the the biggest question mark is going to be who's going to be your point guard. Um, you know, with Harden, it seems like he's going to be moving on. I, Again, you don't know how this is going to play out, so it's hard to evaluate on what he's going to do um, without knowing what the roster is going to be like. But I mean, I like the hire. 
he has a pedigree. Obviously, he won with the Raptors uh, up north. And a lot of those players that he's had have really progressed, uh, like Fred Van Vliet. Uh, he became a really good point guard. Um, could start. He actually shot the three really well, uh, really developed into a nice player. Pascal Siakam. Uh, I love Siakam. <clears throat> I think he's great. Yeah, uh, he was completely raw. If you remember watching him play with the Raptors when he first started, uh, I mean, just the raw talent and and really became a, an excellent scorer, rebounder. Um, so it it seems like a good move. He's got some background with Daryl Morey in Houston. Uh, maybe that leads to Harden resigning here. I, and honestly, I honestly don't want. I don't. I don't want James Harden here. Uh, I just hope that there's a plan in place. And look, Daryl Morey's pulled some rabbits out of the hat in years past, and hopefully he does that with this one. But I'm looking forward to hearing his his introductory press conference and seeing what his ideas are. He's not going to tell you a lot, but uh, it seems like a good hire. And uh, you know, that's we'll just have to watch and see how it plays out. He's very defensive minded. Um, yeah, you know, he's kind of a he's kind of like a weird guy. Uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how it plays out. I, I don't want to, you know speculate on how it's going to go so tim two things one is is there any is there any idea in me this is just looking at he's with another team right he was with the raptors for several years and i haven't gotten to look at their roster and who may be be a free agent but being a coach somewhere else and you go to a different team there has to be some players that you're like hey i like this guy a lot he's undervalued i think we can get him for a decent contract is there communication there you say he's friends with Maury and or they have history can can they pull a player into the system that is is going to fit with with the Sixers I don't know I mean it's just cap hell right now uh yeah it's it's really you don't know what the rooms the cap room is going to look like you know because of that whole hardened situation right and then you have Maxi that you're going to have to re-sign. You know, he's still on his rookie deal, I believe. So he's probably going to have to be maxed out. And then after all these players get paid and, and you know, you'll see where the chips fall and see what room you have to, to make improvements to the roster. But you ask about why Nick Nurse would want to come to Philadelphia. You have the MVP, right, and Joel Embiid, who's continued to improve his game throughout throughout his career. And then you have Tyrese Maxey, who who obviously took a major step uh, in his development, and we'll see how he plays out. But you have an excellent you have excellent pieces here. Um, he turned down, I believe, the the Bucks job, and he turned down the the Suns job, which have excellent players too as well to come to the Sixers. So he must think that you know he can win here. Um, otherwise, why would you take the job? Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's that sounds good. I like that. You know, that sounds good to me that he turned. I'm here to I'm here to make you happy, Tom. I'm here to say, make you feel comfortable about you this. You go to side. Milwaukee with Giannis, it's like, man, you got a star there, you know, one of the best players in the league that is an MVP candidate every year. But so you said you didn't want James Harden back, and I agree with you. We need a killer on this team. We need someone with that killer instincts that 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 can that can bury a team that can, you know, you saw it happening with the heat last night. And what you didn't see it happening with was with the Celtics, particularly a free agent, Jalen Brown. 
Do you want Jalen Brown on the team, or is he someone now after this past series that you're shying away from? So, again, we're talking about – if we're talking about the Sixers, there's no way they can sign him. So that's not going to that's not gonna float. But if you're another team, I mean, you have to be concerned a little bit about you know, his, his playoff woes. But he's still a young guy. I mean, he's an excellent player. Look, James Harden has had historical poor performances in the playoffs, and he still gets money, and he still gets signed, and he still performs terribly in the playoffs. So he's gonna he's gonna find his way, and he's a he's a wing player. It's a it's a person that you're talking about that you need on your team, a guy that's gonna take the shot, and you know he's he's lit it up with with Tatum in in. Boston and um I just don't know if it's a great pairing with them. Look, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals several times. They've been to the finals a couple of times. I just think the guy's only going to get better. I mean, he just he just he's still young. So huh. just needs uh needs a, a a spot to grow a team to grow with. I think he's got to get out of Boston now. Okay, so Tim, Boston is one of my most hated teams in all of sports. Okay. I hate the Celtics. And Boston, I, I, I honestly, I hate their fans because they have an arrogance about them. They've had a lot of success, obviously, with the Patriots. They haven't won recently with the Celtics, but you think they would have won, you know, three championships in the last six years or so. But they have several championships, the most uh, tied for the most all time. The Bruins obviously have won recently. The Red Sox have had success, whatever. They're one of my most hated teams we were naming some teams that we hated too some maybe were obvious choices and some not so obvious like i said i hated the the tampa bay lightning i also don't like i don't care for the bucks because of 2002 when they the final game at the vet so the one team that obviously is the most hated, one of the most, if not the most hated team in Philadelphia is the Dallas Cowboys. We had an interesting thing happen today during our production meeting that I thought we should let the uh, the listeners know about. We're there, we're discussing about most hated teams, and we were naming things that happened. Oh, I hate this team. I hate I hate the Mets. Oh, I hate the Braves, too. There's a lot of hate to go around in Philadelphia. We, we hate a lot of teams. Obviously, the Cowboys came up. A guy is sitting there next to Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't remember the conversation. We started talking about the best running backs of all time. Uh, no, he right? dropped that on as he left. That's right, what right, he right. said. I don't think right. we ever brought it up. No, we brought it up. We were going through the best running backs of all time, and we were saying Barry Sanders and like someone. No, no, someone, no, 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 no. Or was That's that not what happened? That was after he had made his claim. Uh, he got, he gets up and you know pays and is going to leave. By the way, go Cowboys! You know this or that, and I was like, oh wow, you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, well, you know, best running back of all time, Emmett Smith, the greatest running back of all time. And I said, well, I think that's a bit of a stretch there, bud. You know, greatest running back of all time. And he said, and then of course, you know, people are like, what are you talking about? Does that know? And then he's walking out the door. You know, well, I've got we've got five. Super Bowl wins and blah, blah, That's blah. Right. And, and, and he leaves. Yep. Tim, if that doesn't define a freaking stupid-ass Dallas Cowboys fan, <laughs> first of all, dropping the shit and just walking out. Like, for, you haven't won shit in fucking years. We've owned you for two decades. 
in, in in Philadelphia. We've won a Super Bowl. You haven't been to you haven't what do you won one playoff game in the last 30 plus years? And you're gonna talk all this shit. Emmett Smith, I will say, I respect Emmett Smith. He's a great running back, and you could say he's one of the greatest of all time. I don't think he's the greatest running back of all time. We named all a couple Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, uh, you know, several other running backs that we talked about. Gail or uh Gail Sayers. What the fuck am I saying? Gail Sayers, too. Walter Payton. Yes, the sweetness. Um, yeah, typical Cowboys fashion. I mean, the guy is an absolute cockroach, right? Comes out of the woodwork, wants to we're talking about sports the entire time and, and doesn't chime doesn't, in once. Doesn't doesn't chime in, doesn't want to join the conversation, but wants to leave on a high note, if you will, and leave us with the uh Emmett Smith's the greatest running back of all time. We have five Super Bowls later. And that was it. Like, dude, really shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, shut the fuck up. Have and, a conversation. Then, I was like, that's a major stretch. He's a great running back, but he was behind the greatest line of all time. You one know? of the greatest line, one of the greatest offensive lines of all time, and you know what the worst thing about that dude is probably he probably grew up like in Northeast Philadelphia, you know, or like right by South, like right by Veteran Stadium, right yeah. in South Philly, and his dad's brother was a Cowboys fan because. He liked the hat that Tom Landry wore. And oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that guy dressed so cool. And he was on the sidelines. And that's how I became a Cowboy. They always have the worst story on how they became a Cowboys yeah. fan. It's like I dude, was sucking dick and then I thought I should be a <laughs> Cowboys fan. Yeah. I mean, I haven't heard that one before, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think that's what he was going to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was headed in that direction. Yeah. But it is so bad. It's so bad that they come up with this stupid shit over and over again. And, uh, you know, this is why we hate Cowboys fans, because they just they pop up everywhere. They're just like Lakers fans or just like Yankees fans. They're all the worse. They're worse. They're all the same, in my opinion. And and like you were naming off like you were were naming off Cowboys that you hated. Right. And and he was there silent the whole time. And you mentioned you mentioned Michael, Michael Irvin. Irvin. I hated and, Michael Irvin. Probably my see, most hated athlete in all of sports history. See, I I didn't hate the guys that were good. I hated the guys that were just fucking annoying. Like I hated Bill Bates. He was like a special teamer, number 40, that like just he always seemed to make every tackle. And like Leon Lett, like it was a defensive tackle, defensive end. I hated him. Jim Jeff Coat, like I hated uh, dudes like like guys like that that just were just so. Anno- I hated their special teams coach. Uh, his name was like Ernie Zampezi or some shit. I forget what his name. I hated that dude. Like all those guys, I just I hate about the Cowboys. Obviously, I hated their win their 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 three Super Bowls in a row. But uh, I mean, I I just hate their fans three and four years but that's yeah. not a big deal yeah i hate him and you know what he didn't have a southern accent also and not to mention he was ordering like a douchebag too i was like this guy came in and i and i remember him before and he was like oh yeah i had that did you have that on tap still i said no we try to go through them like when they go we, we try to put a bunch of different stuff on all the time Oh yeah, I really liked that. And I didn't really care for that. And I didn't give it. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck what you cared for, what you didn't. What do you want? Just order. You piece of shit Dallas fan. 
I like it. Yeah. So either way, that definitely sums up Dallas fans and their fandom. Like, Tim, if you're in a bar, if you say you were in a bar in Dallas, okay, mm-hmm. and you you hear people talking about Philadelphia, I hate the Eagles, I hate this or that. I, you know, I never liked Brian Dawkins or so and so. What would you would you chime in? I mean, it's in my nature too, Tom. Yeah. You can say, hey, I'm from Philadelphia. You know, like, hey, whatever it is, what it is. And you can bring it And I would say, yeah, fair point. You've got your Super Bowl wins. It's been a long time. But, like, people think that, like, you can just, like, the douchebag part of it is dropping it and, and walking out. You know what I mean? It's not engaging. Like, Philadelphia fans can have a discussion about this. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, let's and debate. That. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's what it, about that's it. what being a fan is about is, hey, you got to do the job to sell your team, right? Why yeah. is my team better than yours, right? And you can agree on certain things, but at the end, you want to win that debate, right? Like you want to walk away feeling good about your team and about what you said. Um, I mean, but that's the thing. They're gutless. They say whatever they want to say, and they walk out the door, and then they just, yeah, they leave on a on a whatever note he wants to call that because it didn't do anything for us. It just let us talk shit on him after he yeah. rolls. We, everyone is... like kind of looked at each other like, fuck that guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, either way, leaving that segues, you know, when, you, when you're somewhere and you've been there for a little bit and you don't kind of engage and you kind of want out, leads us to our final topic mm. of the show before our last segment, and that would be the Phillies Wall of Fame. They announced today, Tim, that Mr. Scott Rowland will be inducted into the Phillies Wall of Fame mm. coming up. Tim, what are your thoughts on this? It it's it's it wouldn't be my choice. And I, it's not to say that Scott Rowland isn't a great baseball player, Hall of Famer. You know, he got into the Hall of Fame, you know. Is should he be in the Phillies Wall of Fame? It's kind of strange because the relationship that Scott Rowland has with the Philadelphia fan base and let alone the organization is just damaged. And it has been for years. And the Phillies organization usually does this really like does these types of things really well. Um, Yeah. They bring back old players. They recognize managers, championships, right? Like they bring back teams from different eras and they do it first class. And I think they got this one wrong, Tom. They're just they, maybe they just don't have the pulse, or maybe they feel like it's it's been long enough, right? Like, hey, this guy's going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, there's only a certain amount of, of Philadelphia sports players or Philadelphia Phillies that are actually in the Hall of Fame, right? But I, the Scott Rowland thing, there's enough of a there's enough of a thorn in the side, if you will, of Philadelphia. To say, you know what, dude, I can see this going wrong, dude. I can see like he never them. made amends. He never yeah. made amends. He never, you know, came back and said, "Hey, you know, maybe things didn't work out the way we wanted. It wasn't, you know, meant to be. This or that. I always loved playing here. Whatever came out, blah blah. Like I never heard any of that. I never heard, you know, he was in baseball heaven in St. Louis, right? right? Isn't that right. the quote? That's what he said. Apparently, that's what he said, but. I just, I really don't think that this is going to play out well um, for either side. 
you know, like the Phillies fans, they've been coming out to the park in droves. Uh, you know, they continue to support the team that's underperforming, by the way, um, not to get into that. But uh, it's going to be interesting because if when he gets into the Wall of Fame and the Phillies are still underperforming, this, the, the fans are going to be quite lathered up and ready to go. And <laughs> guess what? There's going to be only one channel to outlet that frustration out at, and it's going to be Mr. Rowan. And, like, dude, and here's here's the thing. If this is the, the reason why they feel justified to put him into the Wall of Fame is because he's actually getting in the Hall of Fame, I, I just don't think it's justified. Like, this guy was not an all-time Philly. He, like, define what a Philly is. Yeah, look, he might have the stats. He might have the gold gloves, things of that nature, but – He's not one of us. Like most of these guys, if you look on the wall of fame, you know, have some grit to them, right? There are look, I mean, I really don't agree with half of the guys that are in the hall in the wall of fame, right? Like, you know, like there hasn't been have they screwed great... up the wall of fame? I feel yeah. like it's 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 almost some point, some of it's like eh, anyway, yeah, yeah, they're in, they're in, whatever, yeah. let them in, you know. It's like, like it... any Tom Dick or Harry that wants to like that's played for the Phillies. And look, I know we've been the losingest organization, you know, first team to 10,000 losses. Like, we don't really have much to be prideful of as an organization. But, yeah, we've been good in, in years past, right, in, in the recent, the last two decades. But it's just, you know, we haven't really had that many great players. So to keep on throwing these guys in, like, dude, Mike Lieberthal, I used to call him Get Up because he <laughs> – because he grounded in the more double plays than anyone in the world, right? Yeah. Like John Crock, he he played for a couple of years here. Like, I mean, I I think he finished second to Tony Gwynn for the for the, uh, the batting title. Like, but All Star, I think one time. Like Darren Dalton is a guy that's in the whole the Wall of Fame that I believe he is the epitome of what a Philly is. So if he is the bar, right? Where will all these other guys follow suit? You know, like they just don't add up to what Dutch was, and he was an all-time Philly. So, yeah. I mean, it's Darren Dalton. You know, like John Vukovic is another all-time Philly, right? Manager, right? Larry Bella, he's another guy. Like, like Mike Schmidt. These guys are all like. At least a crook is like you know he's announcing for us now, and he's got that like that spirit of. Philadelphia, you know, it's he's totally embraced. He totally gets the fandom here. You know, Roland's out of touch. He didn't get it. He didn't like. He didn't seem to embrace it at all, and and get that. You know, the the hate is love almost. It's it's a weird thing to say, but you you just kind of you know we're critical. It is what it is. It's going to be funny, like because you'll you'll see like the next guy to go on the Wall of Fame is going to be Aaron Rowan because he smashed his face on the center field wall. Right? <laughs> what do you play here? Two seasons, one season. Played here for many? two for two years. He played here for two, two years. years, but he, but he's the next inductee. But I mean, look, the next the next probably ten years you're going to have it's great Jimmy moment Rollins. though when he smashed yeah. his nose. Oh, absolutely. Wall. But you're going to have Jimmy Rollins, Cole Hamels, Ryan Howard. You know, all these guys are going to start going in. Yeah. Um, and so you'll be safe for for probably a good decade. You know, you'll see Brad Lidge probably get in. Um, right. And deservedly so, you know, like Chooch is going to get in, you know, yeah. like all these guys. So, you know, 
it, it wasn't necessary. You didn't need Scott. Ro- we don't need you, Scott Rowan. Maybe yeah. that's what I'll say. We just d- like we don't need you. Just like he didn't need us. Yeah, we don't need you, Tim. One last thing on the Phillies. They are currently now fourteen and ten at home with mm-hmm. a winning record. 11 and 19 on the road. Why can't 11, we win on the road? 11 and 20 now, Tom. No, I just, I added the one. It was 18 <laughs> before today. Yeah, I know we we just lost two nothing. Yeah. Why why can't we we win on the road? What's going on? I mean, if I knew Yeah. I got no answer, Tom. I really had no answers. This yeah. team is completely underperforming and, and they had two hits tonight. Like wow. So, like, when you finally get the pitching, they don't Who hit. got those hits? Next inductees to the Wall of Fame. Who got those two hits tonight against the Mets? They're the next inductees into the Phillies Wall of Fame. They got those two hits on May 30th, 2023. Cody Clemens and Jerome Harrison. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of talks that I look Josh, like Cody Josh. Clemens. Do you? That's what that's the rumors out there, Tim. We'll have to post a, a picture and me and Cody. <laughs> All right, Tim. This brings us to our final segment of the show, which is name that show. We've been talking about a lot of things. We've covered our weekends. We've covered tanning, covered wear uh, attire at the shore, at the at the pool club, golf. Why do you yell four? Why do you pay for a round after a hole in one? The NBA, our new coach, Nick Nurse, and, of course, the Wall of Fame. Tim, do you have any ideas what we should name this show and why? Hmm. Mm-hmm. He's thinking, folks. The wheels are turning. What's the name of this show? All right, well, this is a lot of dead air time, Timmy, so I can't keep you I can't keep you going with that. I'll let you think. Let me think. I'm going to say Nick Nurse shaves his back. What do you think about that? Nick Nurse shaves his back. What about Caddy Police? Caddy Police. I think I'm going to go with that, Tim. We're going to throw that one out to the to the listeners. We're going to be calling this episode the Caddy Police. I like that. What do you think? <laughs> Yeah, I like it. Sounds <laughs> pretty prestigious. Four, pretty, four caddy police. Four caddy police. <laughs> Once again, if you've gotten to this point, we appreciate you listening. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We enjoy doing it for you. If you like it, please like, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell whoever will listen to listen to Schmidt and Lavelle, the new greatest show in Philadelphia. Soon to be on the Phillies Wall of Fame, Mr. Timothy Schmidt and Tom Lavelle. We appreciate you listening. Timmy, anything you want to say to our listeners out there before we sign off? Uh, Here's to Chad. To Chad, as always. Cheers, Chad. Thanks for listening. New episodes every week on all podcast platforms and YouTube. Have a great weekend.